welcome to the First Baptist Church Fairview Podcast. Here's Pastor Duane. Go ahead and take your Bible as we think about laboring for the Lord, right? As we think about faithfulness unto Jesus with Miss Lois in mind, I want us to shift now to another, a person who labored faithfully for the cause of Christ. The Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1, go down to verse 24. The sermon title this morning uh, is entitled Suffering and Rejoicing. So as you turn there, you're thinking, how in the world can you do that, right? How can you be joyful How can you celebrate the Lord and thank him in the midst of suffering and pain and trials and tribulations? Well, friend, it's possible because with God, all things are possible and Jesus is worth it. Nowhere in this text I'm about to read, you find the Apostle Paul complaining and asking the Lord why. Basically, Paul said, why not? (laughs) Check it out with me, Colossians 1.24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister, according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, that I might faithfully fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor and I strive with his strength that works powerfully in me. Let's pray together. God, teach us. Teach us, Lord, what it looks like, what you command us to be as far as striving for the sake of the gospel. Help us not to simply look at our happenings, but Father, help us to find joy in you no matter what we face. And God, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and redeemer. And all of God's people said, now I encourage us all to keep going. God wants us to keep striving, to keep preaching and teaching, serving in whatever capacity for the Lord. So the question today could be, how can I, how can you continue to be a good servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? Not everybody can be on this platform, and I promise you not everyone wants to be on this platform. You can't be as a missionary overseas, not everyone, you're called to do that. But we can be used of God in the certain location that he's placed us. So the question should be on your mind and heart often. How can I be used of the Lord? How can I keep going in the midst of my suffering and my struggle? Because one day, church, we're all going to stand before the Lord. Amen? For those who are saved. 
and we're going to give an account of all that we've been blessed with, the, the time that we had, the family that God blessed us with, the church family we served alongside. So a couple of questions as we think about the Apostle Paul admonishing the church, realizing his context was in chains in Rome. He had every reason to say, Lord, why? I've been faithful to you. I've preached for you. I've started all these churches and so many people have come to faith. Why are you allowing me to be in these chains? But he did not do that. He simply said, why not? He didn't look at it himself, but he looked at the Lord's working in his life and the situation. But you might be thinking, you know, my gifts are insignificant. I could never prepare a sermon and preach it. I I could never be as a gifted evangelist or missionary on the field. I don't have millions of dollars to give to the Lord's work, so I can't be used of the Lord. That's from the pit of hell. You can be used of God. God has called us for a time such as this. And I think about Jesus when he told that parable of the talents. In Jesus' parable of the talents, the master gave five talents. Talent was a large sum of money to one servant, two to another, and one to the third. And the man with five invested them and made five more. The man with two more, two made two more. But the man with one hid it and gave it back to his master. The master called him specifically, you are wicked, lazy, and worthless, and threw him to the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here's the clear warning. The clear warning of that story, that parable from Jesus, is that the servant with one talent is in the greatest danger of not using it for the master's purpose. You've been gifted. You've got talents and abilities and time and possessions and people around you. Let's glorify the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying, and I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. And if you don't serve, and you don't recognize blessings all around you, then do you even know the Lord? Because a saved man will serve. How many people agree with that? Saved man should want to serve. A saved man will have joy in the midst of suffering. Paul talked about that. So as I work through these verses, first and foremost, we find this rejoicing from Paul in the midst of suffering for the Lord's work. This is very Pauline. Paul talked at length about joy in the Lord in Philippians 3. Acts 5.41 talks about this rejoicing and joy unto the Lord. Again, Colossians 1.24, I rejoice in my suffering. I'm rejoicing in my chains. And you're thinking, well, you know, Dwayne, how do you do that in cancer? How do you do that in trials? How do I find joy? It's not in what is happening. It's in who God is. He's the great comforter. He's the source of strength and power. He's the one that's going to see us through, and he's advancing his gospel through all means, through all situations, and through all types of people. The pastors here today, we're all different. Some are tall, and one is short. I know that. (laughs) We're all different. We have different styles. They were used of God for a time such as that, for that season. 
And so we have a different makeup and different thoughts and different delivery, but we can all be used of the Lord. That's you. We can all be you. Suffering for Christ has different meanings based on context for so many people. We may think of suffering like, well, man, somebody embarrassed me at the door. I was trying to put an Easter bag on somebody's knob, and, and they said, you know, go away. <laughs> and we label that as suffering, whereas uh, talk about suffering in Ukraine for believers today. The persecuted church, those who are meeting amidst difficulty and loss, those who are serving in a third world country. Talk about suffering to those believers. It's different. J. Oswald Sanders told the story of an indigenous missionary who walked barefoot from village to village preaching the gospel in India. He had hardships and trials and struggles. And after a long day of many, many miles of walking and discouragement, he came to a certain village and tried to speak the gospel, but was totally driven out of that village. So this missionary, down and struggling, laid down in the midst of a certain village, rejected under a tree and slept from exhaustion. He felt like a failure. And when he awoke, people were hovering over him from that village, and the whole town was gathered around this missionary to hear him speak. The head man of the village explained that they came to look over him while he was sleeping. When they saw his blistered feet, they concluded that he must be a holy man, and they had been evil to reject him, so they were sorry, and they wanted to hear the word of God from him. And so that message was sent out through this missionary's suffering. Can God use suffering? Absolutely. Do I understand everything about it? No. But he can use all things for the good, right? Basically, Paul said, it's totally worth it. My chain's totally worth it. The mocking, totally worth it. These Judaizers, totally worth it. The Gnostic teaching, totally worth it because I'm going to continue to advance Jesus. The gospel will continue to advance. The present pain is okay because there's much gain. Of any guy who had a reason to give up, it would be Paul. I mean, in the book of Acts, is one long storyline of discouragement after discouragement after discouragement. But he didn't give up. He was shipwrecked, beaten with rods, left for dead, disrespected, but continually dealt with law abiders of that day continuing to preach Jesus, he was able to say, suffer hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He had so many disruptive moments. You guys ever had a disruptive moment in your life? Something happened to disrupt your plans. Something out of the blue happened, and you're like, man, I can't fix this. I want to fix it, but, but I can't fix it. And it's so disruptive. I mean, that's very Bible to me. So many people had disruptive moments. I mean, you know, God allows these disruptive moments, like Paul as I unpack the verses, that we almost question at times, Lord, what are you doing? It's unanticipated. It's painful. I mean, it seems so wrong. Yet in hindsight, and all of these disruptive moments in life, God uses so many for the good. 
We can't see it at the moment. And Paul could not see chains in Rome at the moment as to what God would, would really do, but he embraced that. Job is a classic example in the Old Testament of a disruptive moment. Paul's thorn in the flesh, a very disruptive moment. But if God has allowed a disrupt, disruptive moment in your life, here's my encouragement. Walk through it by faith and not by sight. It could be cancer, it could be divorce, it could be struggle, it could be aging. Anybody aging in the house and you just can't stand it? You're like, Lord, take this. I'm going to serve you by faith and not by sight. Notice what Paul says about filling in what Christ lacked in his afflictions. Look at that verse. Thought a lot about that. I'm called... And I'm going to suffer and rejoice for the church in filling up what is lacking. Is he referring to Christ lacked something? Well, no. Christ's sufferings, listen to this quote. I believe it's on the screen. It's worth your time today. Christ's sufferings do not need completion in terms of propitiation, but rather in, ter in terms of propagation. Paul's talking about advancing the message. He's saying Jesus is totally God. I mean, he, he dealt with our sin. He paid the price, and we can be forgiven, saved, sealed, so we can serve. So Jesus is not lacking anything, but we've been left here. I've got chains to be used of God. And so the gospel has got to go out, so that's what he's talking about here. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God. Look at 25. Bestowed on me for your benefit. Your pain is not all about you. My pain is not all about me. Discouragement in life, it's not all about me. But it could be I'm walking through this to help somebody else. How many people would say amen to that? I'm going through this to be a blessing to somebody else. I'm going through this to, to show how powerful and awesome God really is. And so Paul, of all people, called as a minister, probably not in his wildest dreams he would thought he would be doing that. Not in my wildest dreams I thought I would be as a pastor. But he was called to preach the word of God. We know that. And so Paul is rejoicing in the midst of suffering and he's rejoicing over this proclamation of the indwelling spirit of the living God and the hope of glory for every believer. I'm made a minister because of God. I'm going to carry out the preaching of the word. Look at 26. That is this mystery, the mystery of God saving Jew and Gentile, bringing all together the indwelling spirit of God. That's the mystery. That has now been revealed. And so he says in 28 and 29, we continue to proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom that every man be complete, full in Christ. And for this purpose, I labor and I strive according to his power, which mightily works in me. Where and how are you filling up Christ's afflictions? That's a question that I want you to ponder on this week. How are you filling up Christ's afflictions? How are you taking the gospel and sharing with someone else? Are you doing that in a community group, Sunday school class, in the workplace, at home? What are you doing with the gospel? 
Do you show in your life the marks of sacrifice? You know, are you fulfilling your commission? Have you shown justice, mercy, walking humbly with God? Can you say that you're doing your very best, giving your all, giving God glory through your time, your talent, and all of your treasures? Have you ever asked yourself this question, this question, why did God give me this potential, this gift, this talent? Why did God give us all the resources that our church has? Church all for his glory, right? To bring him glory. So are we genuinely listening to God? That's what I want us to think through. You think about people in the book of Acts. They had no money, not a lot of influence, but those men and women totally changed the world, turned it upside down for the gospel. So what is Paul saying? We continue not to give up, but we labor and we strive. Why? Because people need Jesus Maybe even in this room today, you have no idea what it means to walk with God. You don't have a relationship. Friend, I encourage you, call on his name. When we have an invitation in just a moment, call on the name of the Lord. Paul had it as his ambition, his desire to make Jesus known in everything. And so with all wisdom, we may present every man complete in Christ for this purpose. It's like he's saying, man, I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to strive and I will not quit. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to labor because there's power that works in me. Do you realize you've got Holy Spirit power in this place? We live in a day where there's war, struggle, sickness, loss, this is prime time for the church to be the church. We have the hope of Jesus. Paul is encouraging those at Colossae who dealt with Gnosticism and heretical teaching to keep fighting the good fight of faith, never giving up. Don't give up. But you keep running. And when you finish your race one day, God's going to look at you and he's going to say, well done. Ms. Lois, 30 years is a long time in the ministry in one place. Brother Milton, how long have you served at First Baptist Dayton? That's a long time. That's a long time. Listen, ministry's not easy. I, I wish I could like do this like every day. Yeah, I preach and everybody's kind of, you know, kind of quiet, you know? Not that you're loud and noisy and disruptive. This is the easy part of it. But when you stand beside a, a casket, when there's children that have lost everything, there's poverty, there's struggle. There's so many things in ministry that you deal with, that you face. That's a long time in one place as we think about so many ministers and secretaries and others serving the Lord faithfully. I think about Paul continuing to run his race even in a prison. And you may be here like, well, Dwayne, I just can't do it. I keep going and keep hitting a wall, and this keeps popping up, and this is a struggle for me, and I'm ready just to get, to get over it. I'm done. Listen, friend, Jesus Christ is worth another mile. Jesus Christ is worth another day. He's worth everything until you draw your last breath. Every head is bowed this morning. I wonder in this room, 
As we think about Paul admonishing the church to keep striving, that maybe you feel tired and weary and you need to come to the Lord. This invitation is for you. This invitation is not for those who who need salvation only. It's for those and all of us. And so if you feel led to come pray at this altar, you come pray that you would make it another month, year, however long you have, that you would finish well. Life is so brief. The Bible says it's, we're here one day and gone tomorrow. I want to make my life count. And at the end of the day, I want to hear well done. Friend, if you don't have a relationship with God, you will not hear that. You will hear, depart from me, I never knew you. So your religion, take that off. You need a relationship. You need to confess your sin. Admit that you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the only way that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. When he arose on that third day, the Bible says confess him as Lord, which means come before people. Don't be ashamed. Paul was not ashamed. You live for him. You make him known. You share the gospel. Maybe you're a family this morning and you would love to join our church. We would love to receive you as you come. Father, we ask that you work in a mighty way this morning. I pray for the lost to be saved. I pray for the church, Lord, to be motivated by your word, to be called out to serve as your hands and feet. And God, may we all live our life for your glory. May we make it count. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We would like to help you take your next steps spiritually. Visit our website, fbcfairview.org, to learn more about First Baptist Church Fairview. Thank you for listening. Thank you.